All of the podcasts here at the Sideshow Network are now with the touch of a button on your iPhone and iPad. With the new Sideshow Network app, tune into all your favorite podcasts here at the Sideshow Network. Go to iTunes App Store, search for Sideshow Network, and download our free app to stream all of your favorite Sideshow Network podcasts at any time you want. The top comedians in the world are at your fingertips with the Sideshow Network app for iPhone and iPad. So you're thinking about starting a new website? Maybe you have a new small business idea and want to tell someone or sell something online. Maybe you want to show off your photography. Or maybe you want to start that new podcast. Ah, huh. that's a great idea. <laughs> GoDaddy is offering one new or transfer.com for just $1.99 for the first year. That's impossible. They're always $99.99 or $12.99. They're $12.99, but right now GoDaddy's offering one new or transfer.com for just $1.99 for the first year. On the actual internet or is this some BS sub-internet? No, no, this is GoDaddy.com. Right. We all use GoDaddy.com. Everything I have is on GoDaddy.com. I know. And each new .com comes with a free instant page website and a built-in photo album, so what are you waiting for? I don't Get believe Get your new it. website started today. I think it sounds like a scam. It can't possibly be GoDaddy's true. GoDaddy's not a scam. They have... Uh, uh, that hot check, Danica Patrick, for mm-hmm. their stuff. So it's not a scam. Plus, I use it for everything. It better not be a scam. <laughs> Go to GoDaddy.com and enter the code FORK at the checkout or click on the GoDaddy banner on our website. And you're all set to go. Fork you if you don't take advantage of this incredible GoDaddy deal. I'm going to take advantage of it. To another edition of A Fork on the Road. I'm Mark DiCarlo, and as always, next to me is the lovely and talented traveling diva, Yenny Alvarez. Well, hello there. And we are en route to the airport right now after <laughs> having spent a great weekend in Buffalo, New York at the Buffalo Wing Eating Festival. We saw some things there. It was like Faces of Death. I don't know that human beings should actually be allowed to watch what we saw this weekend at well, the you can Festival. you can watch then look away then watch again and look away but you definitely want to see the the finale you want to see what we saw this weekend that was three tiny cute adorable little girls beating gigantic little girls. They men were, they were they're adult women but the, they're small they're tiny they're like 80 pounds one of them i know for sure it's 100 pounds yeah uh so we're, we're going to get into all of that uh, another very entertaining weekend at the uh National Buffalo Wing Eating Contest in Buffalo, New York. And we're going to be talking to George Shea, the president and chief carnival barker of the International Federation of Competitive Eaters. He's the guy that puts on the Nathan's Hot Dog Contest, puts on the Buffalo Wing Contest, the matzo ball eating contest, soup. If if people eat more than one on purpose at a time, George Shea is in the mix, and we are going to talk to him. He's going to be answering his critics. It's a very fun interview. Also going to talk to a business travel planner, Jennifer Steinke. She's a owner of a company that will teach you how to travel more efficiently and more importantly, more comfortably. 
as a business traveler or as a company looking to save money and upgrade the quality of your business travel on the show. So a little bit of fun, a little bit of work on this on this episode of Fork on the Road. Brought to you, as always, by our good friends at EnviroTabs. If you're going on a road trip or even if you're driving around town, you want to save money on your gas, you drop an EnviroTab in your tank and you'll save up to 15% on your gas costs, increasing mileage and burning your fuel cleaner and more efficiently. You can get more information at www.greenfootglobal.com slash DeCarlo. All the information you need, learn about them. They're 100% guaranteed and they work. That's EnviroTabs. Greenfootglobal.com slash DeCarlo. You go to GoDaddy, you find the fabulous.com you've always been waiting for and it's there. And uh, when you go to checkout, you go to the code part, put in the code FORK and then hit apply and you'll see the price going from $12.99 to $1.99. So you're saving uh, quite a bit of money there for a domain. You get a domain for $1.99 when you put in the code Fork. Gotta love that. All right, so now let's get back to the Buffalo Wing Festival. Every year over the Labor Day weekend in Buffalo, New York, uh, Drew Serza, we had him on the show last week, the Wing King, puts on what he calls the National Buffalo Wing Festival. And it was over 140 different styles of buffalo wings, all in a big giant at the Coca-Cola field there. And people show up and drink beer and listen to music and eat buffalo wings. And watch the fabulous competitions. Right. I had seen it before, and Yenny had not seen it before. So I'm interested, baby, in your your impressions. Well, let's see my impressions. I see seven big guys. And when I say big, some of them are tall, and some of them are over 300 pounds. Eric Badland Booker, is, he's 400 pounds, probably. He's 400 pounds. Okay, so he's I see seven guys... And three girls, and the girls can be taller than five six and can weigh more than 120 pounds. Um, and they bring how many wings? They bring tray after tray after tray of chicken wings, and put them in front of these people, and they start eating. And the, the people who eat the fastest and the most win wings wins at the end of the competition. They, when they have what eight minutes to do it. Nikki Sudo ate 171 buffalo wings. Where she puts them. I don't know. Tiny little body, cute girl. Um, 170. What? And 171. That I believe. I believe that's a new a new record or close to it. I I don't know. Watching these people do them from the front row, which is where we were. It's like I'm imagine it. It would be like watching jackals strip a zebra on the savannah. (laughs) Oh, that's horrible. It's. They're focused. Their eyes are just kind of staring deadly out into the distance. And they're... Well, I did see that um, Nikki went in, put in the wing in her mouth, and pulled out both um, bones at the same time. Yeah. So it's like it goes in and it comes out. It goes in and it comes out. Girls got skills, clearly. Um, (laughs) Oh, the visual. (laughs) Uh, I wrote a piece for the uh, Huffington Post. Boneless. Uh, it's boneless when she's done with it. I wrote a piece for the Huffington Post all about it with some pictures and some video. So check that out at uh, HuffingtonPost.com. Just search my name, Mark DiCarlo, and you will see our story about uh, the the Wing Festival. It, it, words alone do not do it justice. You actually have to see these people going to town on the meat. It's 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 hilarious, and they travel all around the country. 
these these band of of eaters they go from event to event. They'll mm -hmm. be at the Nathan's hot dog thing in Coney Island. This is what they do for a living. They train their stomach to stretch it all out before the competition, mm -hmm. and then um, you gotta be fast during this competition. I know that uh, I love the fact that the top three. Uh, first place, second place, and third place were all taken by these three girls. Mm -hmm. And all the boys hung their heads in shame. <laughs> well, and it's also, it, it's, it's it, I, to me, it's a very interesting sociological study because these people, they travel around the country with the uh, international major league eating, I believe is the name of the league, and uh, because it's a sport, according to George Shea, as you'll hear in a minute. Um, and uh, they, they just eat, and people gather like moths to a flame they to watch them. They the love meat. it. It's a huge thing. They have followers. They have groupies. People know their names. People yeah. scream out their names during the competition. I know Sonia, the Black Widow, um, the, the fans love her. She's the only one that came in through the crowd and not uh, backstage. She got spanked this year. Well, yeah, and, and twice. So it can't be healthy what they do. They just eat all this stuff and the way they prepare it, they'll, they'll drink a lot of water in the days leading up to the event. Patrick Bertolucci from Chicago told me last year that he eats a lot of grapes because grapes are basically water bombs. So it stretches out your stomach. It stretches out your stomach. that's his technique, you shouldn't say it on the air. Well, he, no, he told it to me in an interview, so it's okay. Oh, okay. So you stretch out your stomach, then I guess you probably don't eat the day before, and then it just, you know, you fill up your gullet as quickly and grossly as you possibly can. Well, you know what? Um... I heard a rumor. I heard that Badlands Booker ate like five chicken wings before the competition. Don't you want to like keep your stomach hungry and ready for the competition? I don't think. You've seen Badlands Booker. I don't think four chicken wings would even make a dent into his stomach. Well, he's Sonia, a, he's a Sonia got third machine. place mm -hmm. by two chicken wings. By two, she got third place. Yeah. Well, and a lot of people are actually protesting and complaining about these competitions because... You know, there's people starving all over the world, and here are these people gorging themselves for fun and profit. And they say sport, and I, 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 I don't know if it is a sport. So what I did is I found the leader, the owner, the chief carnival barker of the International Federation of Competitive Eaters, George Shea, and we sat down and we had a little talk. We are live out of the Buffalo Wing Festival in Buffalo, New York, and we are talking to the president of the International Federation of Competitive Eating, George Shea. Thanks for joining us, George. Thank you for having me. Now, you are, be, you're, you are the mastermind behind the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, the Buffalo Wing Eating Contest here. What other, what other events do you do throughout the year? We do about 70 events nationally and internationally each year, ranging throughout you know, the United States and all the way to Australia, Thailand, um, Japan, England, everywhere. Um, but the Buffalo Chicken Wing Festival, the Nathan's Famous Contest, these are some of the great uh, events that have become really part of our legacy. They're iconic, iconic American events. They are, and you know, the, the thing about it is like the swallows return to Capistrano, the swallowers return here to Buffalo each year, and there is something about it where it becomes, uh, you know, like a, like a journey, like a pilgrimage, and that's why you see so many great eaters here. It, it's, it's the gastronomic equivalent, would you say, to Jack Kerouac's On the Road? It is, and you know, these guys, in fact, up to and including the partying, and uh, being so close to Canada, and uh, there's, there's all kinds of activities. My role as, as sort of the steward of this event and, and you know, the, the, the master of ceremonies is to focus. So I spend a lot of time preparing. It is my goal to be able to channel 
what is happening in the minds of the eaters for the audience because they can't speak. They're eating, their mouths are yeah, full. Sure. And so what I do is I sort of I sort of get inside and I tell what's happening and that's really it's a privilege. Like a belly or a glottis mind melt. Yes, it's what you're doing. It's like uh, yes, it, that's exactly what it is. And um, like John Edwards, not the uh, you know the disgraced presidential candidate, but the, the channeler, um, the the different John Edwards. But you know, I have seen some of the greats. I I will tell you this. I have stood over a flower bed at dawn, my children's hands in my hands, honored to say last words over a loyal family guinea pig stolen too soon by the treachery of time. And I have stood behind Joey Chestnut when he beat the pretender, Kobayashi, and restored the honor of a nation. And I was here in Buffalo when Sonia Thomas beat Joey Chestnut two times straight. And so that is why I want to be here. I have been privileged to see some of the great historic moments of our time. And to be back here again, it's an honor. Now, you call what you do a sport, what your eaters do a sport. There are a lot of people who take exception to that, saying it's not a sport, it's, it's a cruel exhibition, and, and these eaters are being victimized by a, a machine they don't even know exists. Well, let me How tell would you, you respond to that criticism? Look, uh, you know, I don't want to dismiss these people out of hand by calling them, you know, uninformed and ignorant people. I will do that. But the, the issue here is that absolutely 100% is a sport, and I would say it is the most fundamental sport now practiced by mankind. Think about it. There are no rackets. There are no lines. There are no rules, judges, all of this kind of thing to distract. It is man and food. It is the very essence of what it means to be an animal on this earth, which is to succeed, which is to eat and to win. The only sport potentially more fundamental than competitive eating would be competitive breathing or something like this, which is not interesting to watch and you have the, the potential for hyperventilation. So that is not going to take us. We, we own the most fundamental sport there is. So what you're saying is the food chain, what, what separates successful species from species that die out, is the ultimate sport. That, that is and all exactly the other sports are... are, are Shadow, pale shadows of that event? They're, they're frivolous. They are fatuous. They are, they are like, think back to the French Revolution when men wore these fancy outfits and you wonder, who would ever wear that outfit? That is what I see when I see other sports. They're so that's ridiculous. what football is too. To me, football is like a bunch of, of foppish men running around the court of Louis XIV. And I would no more watch that than I would, I don't know. But I will tell you this, when I see Joey Chestnut and Sonia Thomas and Mickey Sudo practicing competitive eating at the height of, of their game. They're in the prime of their careers right now. I see the triumph of the human spirit. And I will tell you this, I am transformed. When I go to an event, sometimes, I'm not gonna lie to you, last night, I was sitting on my bed at 2 a.m. at that moment when self-doubt fills the room. And I wept, I wept. Were you in a suite or just a single room? I was in a suite. Wow. But I was on the bed. Okay. I wept, I wept manly tears, but I wept. I had lost faith in our country, and I had lost faith in where we're going as a globe, globally. And then I remember Joey Chestnut would be here. I remember Sonia Thomas would be here, and Mickey Sudo would be here. That reclaimed me. It pulled me back from the abyss. It pulled me back and let me go forward. And I will tell you, I am transformed each and every time I see them compete 
I am changed. I'm not dramatically changed like I'm going to dedicate my life to charity, just very slightly changed. Like maybe I didn't used to like Nancy Grace, now I like Nancy Grace. A small incremental change, but change nonetheless. It's additive that goes on over time, and eventually, like the lotus blossom, you will bloom anew. Well, at, at very least, it's saving me from those, those demons. Mm. Now, it seems that each one of these competitive eaters on the circuit have their own, their own persona, their own approach. As you are channeling these people as they're eating and communicating what they're thinking to the audience, is it a, is it a metaphysical channeling that you're performing? Do you look at them physically and kind of interpret that? Where, uh, where do you get your, your inspiration or your, well, your information? You know, I'm going to give you a little secret. When Please. I'm on the dance floor and I can really throw down, mm -hmm. I look at those around me and I pick up, I, I ride the wave of what's happening. I pick up on the dance moves out there and that's why it's so dynamic and interesting to watch when mm -hmm. I'm dancing. And likewise, when I'm at the competitive eating table, I'm watching what's happening and I can see in the facial uh, uh, expressions of the people, I can see in their body the language. The way they slurp the glop the, the into way they are. Yesterday... Mikisudo threw her head back in this in this sort of aggressive, I called it the angry pony because her ponytail slapped the back of her head. But I knew that she was on the top of her game, that she was really riding a wave of energy. And I thought right then she could beat Joey Chestnut. She did beat Joey Chestnut. That's what I got, and I just I just rode that. And I'll tell you something, what gets me is the self-improvement. These people are pushing the boundaries. Mickey Sudo came out of nowhere. She has now beaten Joey Chestnut twice. Uh -huh. You know, and that is a lesson for all of us. I myself am trying to improve myself. I'm trying to use cilantro more, not in cooking, just in conversation. But you know, I'm trying to do what I can. And I'm, But these guys are winning contests. They're winning big money. Joey Chestnut last year won $200,000. Just from eating? Just from eating. Mickey Sudo is coming for him. She is coming for the number one spot. That's what she's looking for. So these people can actually make a really good living eating. And most people just pay to eat. Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, it's just good common sense. You get your meal out of your way. You get an enormous amount of calories and nutrition in 8 to 12 minutes, and you're done for the day because you might eat... Like a snake or a bear. That's, a, that's exactly right. It's just efficient eating. And um, But the other issue is the value there. Sonia Thomas ate 40 lobsters in competition one time, 40 mean lobsters. A lot of people sort of calculated that out to be about $220 worth of value. I mean, right there. I mean, but that's not why she was doing it. She was doing it for the victory. But I, I will say this. You go around the country, you go around the world, but there is only one buffalo and there's only one wing fest. And I'll tell you, the vibe here is better than any other. When these eaters retire, what kind of post-career opportunities are open to them? Clearly, you, you are the master, master of ceremonies. Is there a, are there analyst roles on ESPN? What, what can they look forward to when they retire their gut? Well, you know, and, and it's just like, you know, some of the football players are better than others at this. And Crazy Alex Conti's already established himself as a, a great analyst. He's appeared on ESPN. He's appeared on um, uh, Spike TV and many others. And, um, but I think, I think most of these people, will, you know, will fade into obscurity, but they will be happy. And that's what it's all about. Now, I often say this to my son. You can be rich, but if you're not happy, what is it? If you're happy, it trumps everything else. And that's what I would say to these eaters. You may not make $200,000. You may not set yourself up for future wealth and recognition. But for a little while, you were happy. And what more could you ask? A pair of elastic waist pants, perhaps? 
uh, pregnancy pants, some of the guys are bringing them, you know, into the into the public. It's like tattoos. 25 years ago, you wouldn't see so many tattoos. You wouldn't see adult men wearing flip-flops and shorts to work. But soon you will see adult men wearing pregnancy pants to allow that belly to expand. It'll be totally the norm. And for that, we have you to thank, George Shea and the International Federation of Competitive Eaters. Where can people check on the internet web to find uh, your next appearance? Well, one important thing is you have to follow at GC Shea, which is G as in, as in gecko, C as in Charlie, Shea, S-H-E-A, because that is an endless source of knowledge. Um, but also IFOC. The fountainhead of food, if you will. It, it is, that is the nexus. That is where it all happens. And, um, but also ifoce.com, that, that is a central resource for all eating matters. George Shea, thank you so much. I know you have to get ready and go out and do the 12th annual, the National Buffalo Wing Eating Championship. Thanks for your time, and I wish you the best. Thank you. He is one of the funniest people I've ever met. He's funny. He's hilarious. It's, you know what? It's worth going to uh, an eating event just to hear the line of bullshit that George <laughs> Shea. He, he's like a, he's a machine. Talking about chicken, chicken, and he says they bridge the gap between light and dark. Get it? Light and dark. Yes. Yeah. No. He's everything he says has four meanings. He's he's really funny, and it's that's my favorite part of the weekend is his performance of of setting the stage for these uh, gluttonous creatures as they eat everything they possibly can. George Shea. The website again is ifoce.com. Everything you need to know want to know everything you can stomach about these events you can find on that site. So this year's champion was, you talked to her, right? Nikki Sudo? I did. I got a chance to get in there when she was doing the interviews, so I got a couple of bites. Um, she is <laughs> no a couple of bites. <laughs> Actually, I didn't even think of that. See, George Shea would have planned that out. She was adorable. She was happy that she won. This is only her 12th competition. She started in April or May this year, Yeah. you know? Um, and she doesn't want to ruffle any feathers. She doesn't want to, you know, step on any toes. So she is... Um, she was very, she's very good friends with the, with the girl that won second place, and we also got a chance to uh, hear about that. So let's see what the Nikki Sudo has to say. I've, I've been doing pretty well on the circuit. I mean, every contest, every food, every event, every field of contestants is different. Um, you know, I just go in without any fear and hope for the best. Um, I try to go in with a goal in mind and stay focused. And, uh, you know, it's been working out pretty, pretty favorably. How do you feel about uh, winning against such people that have been doing this for such a long oh time my God. against Am I in their face yet? I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. I think they like you. You're very likable. Oh, yeah. The, the, I love this girl especially. No, she's good. She totally deserved, she totally deserved everything this weekend. Um, this so, is yeah. second one to finish. Well, you know, I mean, I can't, I can't wish first for her. Not, not just yet. But, uh, Sonia, do you know her? You know, I haven't had the opportunity to talk to her too much, but uh, she's been on the circuit for 10 years, and she's definitely got a record for herself, and uh, to take out a competitor like that is, you know, it's not, it doesn't get any more thrilling than that. And I know that you've only been doing this for... Oh, since the end of April, yeah. Since the end of April, but I really, to get the experience and see what kind of foods I liked and disliked, um, I've been doing a lot of events. Um, I, this is... 
today was my 12th, um, which since April, that's kind of like on the, the more frequent side when it comes to traveling and competing. How do you prepare for an event like this? Uh, yesterday I prepared for this event by eating five pounds of buffet food in the buffet bowl and winning that. So I practiced being a champion and I brought that performance to today's event. Two in a row against heavy hitters. I couldn't, I couldn't ask for a better first year. This has been a wonderful event and I can't wait for next year. You know, Joey Chestnut did not show up. Do you think you had anything to do with that? Oh, no. Fear of God in him. She beat him in ribs already, so, and she beat him in a couple other things, too. I, uh, you know, I just hope that Joey's doing well. I, I hear everything's fine. He's back at the hotel room chilling, so uh, this is dedicated to him, and uh, I'll be sure to... You are such a diplomat. Oh, I know, exactly. <laughs> so PC, I love it. I'll be sure to give him his contest shirt and, uh, you know make sure he makes it to the airport at least. Yeah. I love that um, this time around was three girls up there against all the men and all the men lost. Right. It's your first year at this event? No, no. Oh, this event? Yeah, yeah, it's your first year at this event too. So, yeah, we, we've just been laying low. What advice do you guys have for young girls entering the competition? Uh, finish college first. <laughs> Stay in school. Both of us have. Michelle works for nonprofits. Uh, no, I, I don't know. You know, it's everything in moderation. We have a lot of fun doing this, but in our off time, we stick to very healthy diets and work out regularly. You know, don't don't let this image, you know, skew your, your thinking. Or, That's awesome. And if they want to follow you, and if they want to, you know, oh, yeah, find out where you are, what you're doing, where do they go? What's the website? Uh, you know, you can follow me on Twitter at O-M-G-I-T-S-M-I-K-I. It's, oh my God, it's Mickey. On Facebook, Mickey Sudo. Ah, uh, a true champion. She is a true champion. Um, and it's nice that you got to talk to her while her mouth wasn't full, which is kind of rare. <laughs> so that's a great event every year on Labor Day weekend. Try and get yourself out to Buffalo for the Buffalo Wing, the National Buffalo Wing Eating Contest. Drew Serza and everybody that put it, puts it on, they do a great job. It's really a funny, fun weekend. And the band this weekend was Ooh, fantastic. The Heavenly Chillbillies. Heavenly Chillbillies, a band, a local band from Buffalo. They uh, they rocked the house. They had a, they had a, they wrote a couple of songs specifically for the event. Uh, Buffalo Wing Party and the Wing King are two titles. And the only band I've ever heard that covered a Spinal Tap song. <laughs> they actually played "Give Me Some Money" from This Is Spinal Tap in their own inimitable style. So it uh, it's a fun time. That's fun. But you know what? Sometimes you got to travel for work. And I find that when you're traveling for work... You can make that fun, too. You can, but you have to try. You have to expend some energy to really do something fun after work. A lot of people, I think, they just work their 9 to 5 or 9 to 6, and they're exhausted. They go back to the hotel room, and they watch TV all night, which I guess is okay. But if you're in a city that you've never been in before, I, I always like to go out and explore. That's what I do. So we thought we would... Uh, get one of our friends, Jennifer Steinke. She is a an experienced, to say the least. She's the business travel whiz. She is. She's a business traveler. She's a consultant for business. Hey, thanks, Mark. Hey, Yenny. Hi. So you basically travel for a living. How many, how many airline trips do you take a year? Oh, gosh. I probably travel at least two to three times a month. So usually round trips, I don't know, six trips, 20, 72 trips maybe. It's crazy. Uh, wow. Hey, before we start talking about business travel, are you enrolled in the TSA pre program? The pre, absolutely. How fantastic is it? You know what? I, if you haven't signed up and you're not using it, you're crazy. I love it. I am in and out of the security line in under 30 seconds. I know. I'm almost, 
I, I, I talked about it a lot last week on the show, how great it was because I used it. I finally, uh, all my paperwork finally came through and I used it for the first time. I almost don't feel like talking about it on the air. Yeah, be- you don't want to give the secrets away. more people will do it <laughs> and then it'll screw up the uh, the system. But right now, it it's like flying in the old days. It's fantastic. You know what I love? I love the fact that my feet no longer have to touch the dirty, disgusting airport floor. <laughs> <laughs> right. That and you don't have to take your computer out of the bag. You don't have to strip down like a criminal. You don't have to put your hands in the air like you're being arrested. I like the fact that you don't have to put your arms up in that thing because you never know what kind of radiation your body's getting from that. And they're saying, oh, it's no longer x-ray. But you know what? I don't know what it is right now. Right. And well, they, they weren't uh, if it, it was x-ray before when people started doing it. What's going to happen to that in five years? I don't know. And I just have a problem with assuming the position of a perpetrator to get on an airplane because people do it and now they don't even think twice about it you know what, what's the next step that the government forces us to do just to fly well let's not talk about that because the, the, I agree with making people do that because I want to make sure that I'm safe when I'm inside that airplane and that gives me a little bit more peace of mind so you and I have a different opinion right there true well I guess the, the, the perfect solution is this TSA pre-program you can go online and you can uh, Find out how to sign up for it. It costs you 100 bucks. You get into the Global Entry Program, and that also gets you access to the TSA program. And like Jennifer said, 30 seconds through security. It's fantastic. You sound like they're sponsoring us. They're not sponsoring us. I know they're us. not. It's just it's the one thing I can think of off the top of my head that the government does correctly. It, you know what, Mark? I totally agree with you. It is the one thing they've actually done right. It's a miracle. It's just fantastic. All right, so you are a professional business travel planner. Correct. How fun is that? You get to travel for a living. And well, traveling isn't always fun, but you got to make it fun. So you got to be a little bit less uh, uptight about walking through those airport doors where it is apparent to me that there's some sort of device in the air that sucks a lot of people's brains right out of their heads when they walk oh God, into the airport. So true. How difficult is it to find the row number that you're on in a plane? Uh, the, the blank, confused looks that I see from people as they're walking down the aisle. Like, where, where's 14B? Right after 13. Jeez, really? It's crazy. It, it's ridiculous. And, and what part of it must fit in the overhead compartment do they not understand? People have very bad spatial relationship problems. They bring in a steamer trunk and they're trying to fit it into the, the head of a pin. It's ridiculous. All right, well, I'm that's... not complain anymore. Oh, I want to talk about what she right, right, knows okay. best. And she she is a gene. You've 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 you oversee how many billions of dollars of travel budgets a year? Give me. A oh my gosh, though. Well, probably about sixty million at any one given time. That's a lot of airplane and hotel and things like that. So, so companies, big companies, probably have someone like you on staff in their company or do companies always hire out a consultant to do this and we're talking about people that plan conventions and sales meetings and things like that right all over the world right so you've got basic business traveler like i'm going to go to a meeting point a to point b and then you have large meetings and events and so people like myself are either housed inside a corporation and that's their primary function or they're outsourced where someone would hire someone like myself to come in and give them best practices and and really pay attention to the needs of their travelers and save them a few bucks here and there so really when you're doing your job right you're free to the company because you through uh, economies of scale, you're saving them tons of money, right? How do you do that? 
Absolutely. Well, a lot of it's negotiations with um, the different suppliers. You've got hotels and car rentals and airlines, and you got to be a shrewd negotiator to get um, some good deals there. And then also you got to make it efficient for the travelers because time is money, as we all know. Well, I've met you in person, Jennifer. And yes, you I, I'm hearing you on our show, and you don't sound or look like a very tough negotiator. <laughs> I kind of, Jennifer I, is this cute <laughs> little blondie who, um, when we met her, we were, you know, we were all professional and all prepped up, and she, it was so much fun. The first time I met Jennifer was in San Antonio for a... Uh, no, it was Florida, wasn't it? No, yeah, it was Key West. Key West. Wait. Remember? No, no, not no. Key West. Uh, Key Biscayne. Key Biscayne. Oh, Key Biscayne, yes. Yeah, that was so much fun. And we ended up stealing a, sta- a, a statue from the bar. Do and... you want to talk about that? Well, yeah, we can. I mean, <laughs> Do you still have the capers and the truffle oil? We ate the capers. We might still have one thing of truffle oil. Should we say that on the air? Well, we're getting, we're, we're digressing. The point is, okay. you don't sound like a rough and tumble negotiator. How? What's the trick for people, if they're just trying to do this themselves with their own, you know, small business or something, what are some tips, your top tips for lowering your travel costs and, and making the people in your company or even yourself travel more comfortably and happily? Oh, good question, Mark. I think the first thing is you got to know your numbers, right? You got to come to the table. You got to fully understand what your spend is. How much value are you bringing to that supplier? And don't underestimate the value of it. So a lot of people say, I have a small program. Well, a lot of small programs add up to a lot of big spend with these um, different suppliers. So you want to make sure that you've got your numbers and you can bring them to the table. And you want to look for someone either within your organization currently or, or have someone um, at your fingertips, it can help you really analyze that data. And also people that have a good understanding of, you know, what they've seen in the past. So I've been doing this for 27 years. There's not a lot that they can pull the wool over my eyes on. Um, and the other thing is I think you've got to make your program work for your travelers. So my motto is being traveler-centric and travel manager friendly and really saying, you know what, these guys, they're on the road. I'm one of them. It's horrific at some points. Um, you're stuck, you're trapped. I was just spent the night in Charlotte last week that I didn't plan on spending. Um, so you want to make sure it's comfortable. So you want to, you know, weigh, um, the time for your travelers, how much time are they on the road? What type of properties are they staying at? And what is their, their full experience? And also how do you maximize their mobile devices to make it more efficient for them? Oh, that's so a like, one. How do you do that? Big. So you want to you want to vet some good mobile apps that help your travelers do their expense reports on the fly. That help them rebook trips if they need to. That can push a button and call their travel agency if they need to. Um, we talked about for those of you that aren't in the TSA PreCheck program, being able to download the TSA app and see in the major airports how long are the lines. When do I need to leave my office before I miss my flight? So TSA has an app that has that tells you wait times. Yeah, yeah. So you can go out there and you can. Yeah, no, that's a great one. So you want to go out there and look for those little things that make it easier for people to do their jobs. Now, if I was um, a small operation and I don't have somebody on my staff that can do all that for me and I really don't know how to save time and money for this convention or this um, yearly meeting that I'm trying to put together, what would be some of the easy steps that a mom and pop place can um 
put together? Like, what is the first thing to do? How do you talk to the hotels to see if they have a group rate, if they have a convention rate? Um, I mean, what are, what are some of your negotiation tips? Yeah, because the last thing you want to do is call, go online and just pay the rack rate for a hotel or for uh, an airline ticket, right? There's always wiggle room. Right. Absolutely. There's always wiggle room. So for small businesses, like you're talking about, Yanni, there are a lot of small business programs that the suppliers offer, both air, car, hotel. So they're sort of like um, almost like reward programs. So the airlines say, look, you book all your tickets through this one carrier. Um, there's not going to be that many carriers left soon, so pick the three. Um, and you decide, okay, I'm going to go with this carrier. That's the primary market that we're going to service. So if you're in, you know, a Charlotte, it's a U.S. Air. If you're in Chicago, it might be United, something like that. And they have small business programs, and you earn points, and you can earn those points, and you can use them towards future trips. So you can offset the costs of um, some of your air travel. Car rentals have the same type of um, relationships with um, their rewards programs for small businesses and they're all on their website so it's easy to find hotels you know what you do you gotta you gotta make friends with your hotel partners you gotta talk to the salespeople. if you're an individual business traveler you want to get to the general manager you want to build relationships with those properties that you're going to all the time if you're um, planning a small meeting or group pick up the phone and call the salesperson and let them know what your needs are and they're you know They'll be competitive. They want your business because especially in hotels, food and beverage meetings, that's where they make a lot of money. So you got to just talk to the right people, build the relationships. And if you can go back there year after year, it's going to get better every time. Right. Like if someone's going to, let's say, LAX to Charlotte every two weeks to visit the home office, it makes sense to use the same airline, the same hotel, the same ground transport, and they'll cut you a deal and, and, and you develop a relationship with them over time as opposed to going on Priceline or something and shopping the cheapest, you know, commercial or, or, or uh, you know, public rate all the time, because you'll probably save more money long term by picking a carrier and staying with them. Is that right them, yeah. or no? Oh, no, that is absolutely right. And I will tell you, loyalty talks. So you want to be loyal. If you're a loyal flyer, you will be rewarded. And that goes both with your own individual frequent flyer miles. So the things I was talking about earlier, how to make it more comfortable for your travelers. Mm -hmm. You know, being able, if you stay on one carrier and you're very loyal to that carrier or that property, you're going to earn those reward points and those frequent flyer points. And then you're going to be upgraded when the time comes. And, you know, it's going to be a little bit better for you. You're going to get TSA pre-check. There's a lot of things that are the ancillary benefits um, that are going to save your company money. You're not going to have to pay for seats anymore or bag fees if you've got that loyalty to those individual carriers. Right. What are your top three airline and um, car rental places that are national that are very um, small business friendly? Um, well, I think American, for airlines, American has a really good um, what's called a business extra program for small care for small companies. Um, and you are rewarded fairly well. I think Hertz has a really good program on car rental. And I think Marriott offers some great opportunities. Um, so that, those would be my top three, one in each care. Each, how do you, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about airlines. It, what's the American program called? It's called business extra. And how do you sign up for it? You just log on to AA.com and search on their thing for like tools and look for business extra and it explains the whole program and you can sign up right there and an individual can do this you have to have x amount of people it's, in your company it's com it's a company you'd want to do it as a company so you'd have to um 
look at the requirements by company. It's fairly simple. Okay. If you're an individual, then you just want to go with their individual frequent flyer programs, and that's how you're going to be rewarded the most. Okay. Now, some companies are going to say, you mentioned earlier that it's important for the traveler experience, for the guys that are actually the road warriors going out and doing the work. Some companies say, you know what, I don't give a crap. They're, I'm paying them. They're working. They'll go when I say. They'll stay where I stay. They'll come back when I say. Why is that bad thinking? If Is it bad thinking? Well, the mentality is changing, Mark. So it used to be that was very hardcore. We wanted to manage travel. We needed to control costs. We had to keep people in line like little soldiers. But this next generation of traveler that's coming in has got a much more open mind and are more free-spirited. And people like my kids and the younger generation, they're like, you know what? I want to be able to book where I want, when I want, and stay where I want, and I'm going to do it at the best cost. So when you talk about trying to keep people keeping them in line. If you want to keep them as an employee, you're going to want to have a more flexible, open-minded mentality towards how you're dealing with your travelers because it's going to change dramatically. And of course, if you're a solo business traveler, you want to manage all your own loyalty rewards and points and stuff like that. Are there some good good, um, apps where you can put all your points and your rewards things in them? Yeah, yeah, there are. Yeah. There's a couple of them. Do you use that at all? Yep. That and there's um, companies like TripIt that have a rewards program where they're going to help manage your itineraries and also manage your reward programs. Um, So there's quite a few out there. I'm waiting for an upgrade for TripIt because it got a little confusing there for a while. Yeah. Well, they didn't have that many options when I when they first started. So I'm waiting for their upgrades. Right. And they have a lot of different types of programs now. So they have TripIt, they have TripIt Pro, they have TripIt Groups, TripIt Teams. Um, And they were recently bought probably two years ago by um, another larger company. So a lot of R&D going into that product right now. Oh, that's good to know. Because, I mean, the premise is fantastic for TripIt. And I I want it to get better and better. And I want it to serve me as well as all all these other apps. For example, I love the JetBlue app. Oh, yeah. Everything. You don't even have, you- have to sign in again. You just click it. You can have everything right on your phone. The boarding pass, your flight, your gate, your uh, where the bags are going to, if you're signed in, if it's late, and it's everything right on your phone. You don't even need to print out your boarding pass. You can just well, but go. But most of the click. big airlines have that, too. Although I did. We just flew uh, Some of them are, are not reliable. Last week, we flew to Buffalo and back for the Buffalo Wing Festival on JetBlue, and it was fantastic. The people were really cool. The, the great customer were service, great. which Very I'm good big customer with service. customer yeah. service. We had to do a last minute airline, uh, a last minute flight change, and they accommodated us at the uh, at the uh, Buffalo Airport. They were very yeah. great. They were they cool. Were very very cool. All right, so. JetBlue has a lot of loyalty. Their travelers love them. And it's, it is that service and it's that, that extra thing that they take and pay a little bit more closer attention to their customer base. Yeah, I think my, my two favorites right now are JetBlue and Virgin America. At one point, I was in this long line to get in before the, the TSA pre-check. Um, and the people from Virgin America saw knew that I was going in and they pulled me out of the line and they took me um, like a VIP right to the front of the line. And I didn't see, you know, other airlines doing that. I didn't see well, anybody. Well, Kenny, that's, that's, just your, that's just your beauty and grace. That's just your beauty and grace. <laughs> All right, so we were talking earlier about the traveler experience. So let's, let's now let's talk about the guys and the women who have to travel for a living, such as yourself. And you're going all over the country. You're working for the man from 9 to 6, 9 to 8 every day. What are some tips to have some fun while you're traveling? 
some t- you know some some insider tips so we could you could squeeze a little enjoyment out of being in a different place from where you live. But also remember you got you're traveling for business. I know. Well, you work during you know what? They don't own you 24 hours a day. That's- they own you during the work day and then at night I always go out and even if I'm tired, I go out and I do something in a city if I've never been there before. Yeah, that's that's a that's a big one for me. Um, I love to experience like local restaurants, not just chains. There's a couple of things. There's a cool app. I don't know if you guys use Hipmunk. Yes, I have Hipmunk. So Hipmunk has um, part of their hotel app is um, kind of highlights like what kind of activities that you want to beat your hotel to be surrounded by. Um, so I think it's like the ecstasy factor or something like that. Um, the but they have a cool, <laughs> so they'll show you like what bars are in your area, what types of restaurants are in there. It's, it's a cool, fun way to, to get some, um, insight into the local areas where you are. But there's a lot of other, um, apps out there like Yelp and different things like that. Urban spoon, where you can find different, local eateries and things. But if you're not an app person, you know, maybe maybe you're not as in love with your phone as I am. But um, go to the front desk, go to the concierge, ask the people where the local places are because the local places that they like to eat at are probably some of the best places in town. Right. And it's, it's always good to work. tap into that local, the local gastrointestinal yep. mafia. <laughs> exactly. The hospitality people all know each other and they know the good places to go and the places to avoid. Right. And where do they hang out? Where would you go after work? Right. So um, the other thing is there's a lot of social networks. TripIt has something like this. We were talking about them earlier where, you know, you can, um, through the TripIt Pro app, find other um, colleagues, other people that are traveling to the same city that you are at the same time you are. So you can do some social networking there that always makes it fun, too, and, and, you know, take up a show or do something different. But Mm -hmm. sitting in a hotel room. Staring at the TV, yeah, not no excuse for that. And I, None. And you're, you're, I think you're um, squandering the opportunity that your office gives you. You know, it's a, traveling for work can be a real pain in the ass. Yes. So I think the flip side of that coin is when you're done working for the day, you should take advantage of the fact that your company has put you someplace else for a day or a week or whatever and uh, educate yourself and go out and, and learn a little bit something about the place where you are. Oh, yeah. And a lot of it doesn't cost money, right? So you've got your dinner. So go out to dinner and go to a museum or go see something fun or take in a couple extra hours. And a lot of people nowadays are extending their trips and bringing spouses or partners along with them and tagging it on to the end of their trip and adding some weekend fun. And that's a great, really cost-effective way to enjoy you know, what in essence is a business trip, but you can turn it into a little bit of pleasure. Maybe a place you'd never go you know, on your own choice, but hey, you know, if you're in Buffalo, why not go to the Wings Buffalo Wings Fest? Yeah. Exactly. Give us one last uh, insider's website for business seasoned travelers. Um, check out room77.com. It's a hotel website that critiques specific hotel rooms. So you can check into room 927 at a particular hotel and you can rate that exact room. It also shows you the exact layout of a room. It will show you the view that you'll get from a room. And then you can go on and you can make bookings and request that specific room. It's pretty sweet. It's kind of like seat guru. Yeah, it's like seat guru for uh, for hotels. It's it's a sweet site. I love that. Room77.com. You're a fountain yep. of knowledge. Oh, I'm overflowing. Uh, do do vacation rules apply on business trips? 
Now, I wouldn't know that. Well, I mean, you wouldn't. I'm just saying, <laughs> but what's, the, what's the prevailing mojo? I mean, if you're single and you're looking to meet somebody. Well, you know, you can do that at the airport now. They you have can a do website that called meetatairport.com and um, travelers sign in. It's kind of like a match.com and you meet up at an airport bar. Get out of here. I'm telling you, it's yep. that's what's going on you know, Back in my day, it was so much harder to hook up. You actually had to talk to somebody face to face. And work on it. Now you press a button. Uh, and the uh, girl appears. Yeah, really. It's, I don't think it's fair. These kids today. <laughs> I'll tell you. You know what? Um, I, you know, I couldn't speak about hooking up on business trips, but um, I'm sure there's a lot of it going on. Um, and it's but probably... Can you, speak about, can you speak about fun stories that have happened in your business trips? You've been traveling for 27 years. I'm sure there's something crazy that happened. Somebody, oh. I don't know, dressed up a mannequin and took pictures. <laughs> I did hear about this one couple where they a mannequin was used for a meeting and they took it and they stripped off all the clothes and stuck it in a bathtub and then took hostage pictures of it. <laughs> I, I did hear that happened, but it wasn't on any of my trips for sure. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, you know what? There's a lot of fun things that go on and what happens in Omaha stays in Omaha, I guess. <laughs> like the stakes. Is there a place in America that you want to go that you have not been? After 27 years of traveling, managing $60 million of travel budget every year, can there possibly be a place where Jennifer Stanky has not gone? Well, there's a lot of places I haven't been, but none of them that I probably want to go to. Although I'd go anywhere once. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't know. You know what? I, there's just certain cities I love to go back to. I love to go to D.C. I love to go to Boston. I love to go to New York. I love San Francisco. Love San Diego, so I'm always up for those. But you know, I wouldn't say I'm you know chomping the bit to end up in Oklahoma City anytime soon. But I hear it's a beautiful city, so I should try it. I had the worst Chinese food of my life one night in Oklahoma City. Well, that explains it. Well, I, I was driving <laughs> and I see this Chinese restaurant in Oklahoma City, and I'm thinking, well, it's either phenomenal or it's shit. And it turns out it was shit. You know, we don't want to talk bad about Oklahoma City. I'm, I'm not saying anything about bad about Oklahoma City, but I, I always try. You, okay, so your nose failed you at this time. I didn't even I didn't even use my nose test. I just thought it was hilarious that there was this big Chinese restaurant in Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City, I would think, would be a good place for uh, steak, steak, for chili, chicken fried steak, that and kind of stuff. So uh, you didn't pheasant, do as the things Romans? Things like that. So rather than go for the obvious, oh, this will be great, I took a shot and said, you know what? What if the greatest Chinese restaurant I've ever known is in Oklahoma City? That'll be a great story to tell people they won't believe. Now you know better. Now I know better, yeah. Do not go to Oklahoma City. Stick with the steak, Mark. Stick with the steak. Yeah, you're right. Now, if people want to connect with you, Jennifer, and actually make use of your expertise to help them or their business, is there a website uh, yep. Do you just hang out at the airport and talk to strangers? How do you do it? I, I do. I, I just start. It's like the Hare Krishna. I just pass out cards and candy and stuff and, and beg for business. So <laughs> anyway, um, I just don't wear the white robe because that would be wrong. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So <laughs> Yenny got that. <laughs> Good job, girl. Oh, anyway, um, find me. Um, it is www.innovativemanagedtravel.com. Could, could you have come up with a longer web uh, address? 
I tried, but I just I left off the last word. <laughs> Innovative managed travel. travel.com. I don't know anybody uh, that knows more about traveling for business than Jennifer Stanky. She is a wizard at this. And if uh, you need some help, make yourself a more informed traveler because the more you know, the more prepared you are when you get there, the more fun you can have before you come back home. Just make sure your carry-on fits in the damn overhead. Know know your numbers. (laughs) Know that 14 is after 13. And before 15. And on every plane in the world, in the English-speaking world, A, as you're walking down the aisle, is the window seat to your right and it goes A, B, C, D, E, F, G across the aisle. And if you don't know that, go to SeatGuru.com. You know that they have yes. that uh, for every airplane. They have all the airplane planned out. And um, you could see your seat. You could see if you have um, a thing to plug in your phone, if it reclines, if it's an exit seat, if it may have a little bit more space that you won't know until you actually get there. So SeatGuru.com is a great help so that you don't piss Jennifer off. SeatGuru <laughs> is a great site, and so is Jennifer's site, Managed... What is it? Innovative <laughs> Managed Travel. I-M-T. Innovative Managed, managed Travel. travel. Dot com. She's a travel genius, a business wizard, and uh, a fun traveling companion. Jennifer Stanky, thanks for joining us on A Fork on the Road. Thanks, Be good. She's got a lot of miles on her, and I mean that. That's horrible. I mean that, but I mean that with all due respect. She travels all the time. I think, I think this was the first time we ever talked to her when she was actually in her house. Normally she's yeah, she's somewhere else. Um, but very, very knowledgeable. You can head to her website if you need some information on how to make your business travel more cost-effective or more fun. And you know, I think she's right. If you've got people that work for you that are traveling constantly, the best way to keep them as a valued part of your company is to help them enjoy their jobs. You know, because if people are grinding it out 80 hours a week, eventually they burn out. It's all about customer service. It's all about how you treat your people, your clients, your customers, the people that work for you. I think she's the person to talk to about this. Um, When you get a lot of good ideas, a lot of good ideas from her website. Yeah. Great tips, too. That Room 77, I'm going to... I don't know. We're going to check them. That about wraps up this edition of A Fork on the Road. Next week, we are going to be someplace else. That someplace else will be Toronto, Canada. I'm going up there for the film festival. I'll have lots of interesting stories from north of the border. Canada, it's practically a different country. (laughs) So we will see you next week from Toronto, Canada. Until then, I'm Mark DiCarlo. And I'm Yeni Alvarez. And we'll see you on A Fork on the Road. I've been traveling on a wing and a prayer By the skin of my teeth, by the breadth of my hair Traveling where the four winds blow With the sun on my face, in the ice and the snow But ooh, it's a game Sometimes you're cool, sometimes you're lame Oh yeah, it's somewhere If you don't know where you're going Any road will take you there With the spin of the wheel, with the roll of the dice Ah yeah, you pay your fare If you don't know where you're going Any road will take you there I keep traveling around the bend 
wishes there is no size Ah yeah, you just don't win It's so far out, the way out is in Bow to God and call him sir But if you don't know where you're going Any road will take you there And if you don't know where you're going Any road will take you there Sideshow fans, if you like live comedy and love to party, then the Cabo Comedy Festival is the place for you. Check out CaboComedyFestival.com for the details. From October 2nd to 6th, over 50 of the world's funniest comedians are heading to the beaches of Cabo San Lucas, Mexico, and they're giving away a trip for two to join all the action. Visit Facebook.com slash Cabo Comedy Festival or CaboComedyFestival.com to enter. Downtown Cabo will come alive with nightly shows featuring over 50 of the world's top stand-ups, followed by exclusive after-parties at the hottest nightclubs. Beachfront resorts, pool parties, golf, nightly comedy shows. You don't want to miss the Cabo Comedy Festival. Enter to win or book your travel and purchase tickets at CaboComedyFestival.com. 